welcome to our podcast, COP26 and the Journey to Change, a podcast brought to you by Visit Scotland's business events team. COP26 is all about change, the vital and necessary change we need to make not just as individuals, but as communities, countries and continents, the global journey of change to address climate change and its impact. In this podcast, we will be discussing how the issues of change and sustainability affect the business events sector, and also how business events can help bring about the change that we need. We will be questioning what we can learn from COP26 and what our industry can do to change itself. And we'll be examining the COP26 programme themes, including energy, nature, youth and science, to find those crucial intersections where business events can make a difference and help achieve the outcomes of COP26 and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. At Visit Scotland, we believe that business events are more than just meetings. We believe business events can be catalysts for social and economic change. As Scotland welcomes COP26, we welcome you to our podcast. Stay tuned, follow for new updates and enjoy. Welcome everyone, the session's about to begin. Please take your seat and make yourself comfortable. Please ensure your tea and coffee is topped up and feel free to shut down your emails and enjoy the session. Today, we will be discussing adaption, loss and damage. And to help us in our discussions, we are delighted to be joined by Andrea Nicholas, CEO Green Tourism. And our guest host today is Fiona McKinnon. So we're delighted to be joined by Andrea. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Today, the topic being discussed at COP26 is adaption, loss and damage. And our conversation will explore the role of green tourism, what Scotland is doing to become more sustainable, and the practical solutions needed to adapt to climate impacts. So welcome, Andrea. It's lovely to have you here with us today. I'm going to start by asking you to tell us a bit more about your role and about the aims of green tourism. Thank you, Fiona. So green tourism has been operating now for nearly 25 years. And the aim of the programme is to help businesses understand what their impact is, around sustainability and to help them adapt and provide information for their visitors and their suppliers on how to be a greener business, a greener visitor. My role is I started the company way back in 1997. And over the last 25 years, I've built a team around me of technical advisors, client services team, and I'm now kind of like the leader of the pack, if you like. I'm out there selling and telling people about green tourism and green meetings, which is our new standard, and engaging and helping businesses understand what they can do and to make the tourism businesses and and hospitality industry greener. Fantastic. And with COP26 being discussed at the moment, it's never been a better time. The interest in sustainability and net zero has gone through the roof in the last six months, which is great after 25 years. Very hot topic at the moment. And can you tell us about the current landscape for sustainability in Scotland's business events sector and what more you think needs to be done? 
So as I said, it's sustainability is, is become a very hot topic within the industry generally, but in particular from the meetings and events sector. And what we're hearing is that this is being driven by the buyers. So it's the online listing, it's the booking agencies that want to have a credible, uh, identifiable green mark that they can use to promote to the conference organisers. So they're looking for venues to adopt sustainability practices, but have a third party accreditation so they know that they are doing what they say they're doing and they can provide a truly green meetings experience for their customers. Sustainability in Scotland, I think Scotland's leading the way in sustainable tourism and responsible tourism, I think led by Visit Scotland. And actually, in terms of the rest of the UK, Scotland's definitely ahead of the game. That's really good to hear. And as you've just been saying, clients have become much more conscious of the impact on the, of their events and what the impact is on the environment. What would you recommend event organisers look for when booking events? So... Events organisers, in terms of identifying whether a venue is truly sustainable or is working through their green journey, is actually looking at the options that are available for their their events. That could be having a low carbon or a local menu. Uh, It could be having information on the impacts of the meetings in terms of carbon used, water used, amount of waste produced. It could be having sustainability options for their exhibitors and and their their delegates in terms of recycling options or having paper that's either no paper or having paper that's come from a a recyclable or sustainable source. Things like water bottles are now frowned on considerably. What we're looking for is drinking fountains. There's been challenges because of COVID around single-use items, but this is something we're seeing more and more. And meetings and events venues are really embracing the whole sustainability agenda. It's good to see you're seeing at the sharp end the difference and the interest, and it's being led by the consumers, which is always the best way. But everybody working in partnership is the strongest way forward for us all. Definitely. And that neatly leads on to the fact that earlier this year, you launched your Green Meeting Standards. So can you tell us a bit more about this and how many venues you've now accredited through your system? So Green Tourism is our main standard that we set up uh, 25 years ago. But as a result of demand from the meetings and events industry, earlier this year and, and during COVID at lockdown last year, we adapted our Green Tourism Standard to be very specific and focused and relevant to the green meetings and events industry. We have had, and we do have in green tourism membership, over 700 events and meetings venues. But since we launched uh, the green meetings specific standard earlier this year, we've got something like 13 or 14 events venues that have come on board fully with green meetings. And we've got around about 30 that are looking to come on board very soon. But what I found is really, really positive and why I think that this is going to take off in a really big way is that it's being driven by the buyers, by those listing agencies. So the venue directory, which is one of the two biggest um, online booking platforms, has now got a green filter for customers looking for greener venues. And we've got uh, an arrangement where we provide a data stream to them. So they're listing all of the green tourism and green meetings accredited businesses. Fantastic. And what are your ambitions for the Green Meeting Standard? Is it just to generally grow the numbers or do you have a specific ambition that green tourism is looking to reach in this particular sector? So our aspirations for Green Meetings is to really provide 
a standard that's relevant and meaningful for the meetings and events industry. So it's not just about growing numbers, it's about integrating and providing guidance that's relevant for the industry type. So we're working closely with the likes of the online booking platforms, but also the industry associations within this sector and actually looking to partnership with them to provide guidance and support and advice for their members so that we can grow the sustainability offering of meetings and events venues. Okay, fantastic and a great ambition to have. Do you know what? I think it's time we broke for coffee. your way to the foyer where tea and coffee will be waiting for you we'll see you back here soon don't be late we won't wait for you andrea are you a tea or coffee drinker uh coffee in the morning not after midday and then tea the rest of the day lovely so a mix of tea jenny and coffee to get you going yes exactly <laughs> we've been asking the same question to everybody for all the podcasts and coffee tends to be the winner but you're both so that's very equal <laughs> the other thing i was going to ask you is what's the first thing you do this actually might be the same answer what's the first thing you do in the morning when you start work uh first thing i do in the morning is take the dog for a walk so that she stays okay. quiet and, and sleeps most of the day so i can get on with my work <laughs> i think like everybody it's probably emails probably the first thing that i do Mm-hmm. Great. Good to get out first, though. Get a bit of, yeah. a bit of fresh air before you start. And is there something that you wish you'd known before you joined the industry you work in? Crumbs. Wow. I've known before I joined. That's, that's an interesting one. Because um, I don't know about you, but mo- well, certainly in the events industry, most of us fell into it at some point. I didn't know what a conference was before I started. Uh, and then you, re- you, know, you realise different things as you go along the way. Uh, I suppose in terms of events, meetings, I suppose the fact that there's so many different parts that go to make the whole. There's so many different bits that have to be in place in order to have a successful event. And although I've attended many, many events over the years, I don't think until we got into like developing the criteria for the green meetings industry, exactly how important all the little bits need to be in order to provide a successful conference. Um, So yeah, maybe obviously knowing a lot more about how the intricacies of a, how to set up an event and, and run an event is would have been really, really useful. A great answer. Oh, that's the bell. we better head back in. This is a great session. The next session is about to begin. Please make your way back to the auditorium. How do you vet applicants for your Green Meeting standards? Have you declined standard to any organisation? You obviously don't have to name any names. Is there any that haven't made the cut? And if so, why wouldn't they make the cut? The Green Meeting standard is based on three pillars, caring for people, caring for places and caring for our planet. And within each of those pillars, we have five sustainability goals broken down into simple, practical criteria that businesses we encourage, influence and advise them to implement. So of our total number of criteria is around 70. And businesses are given support and advice. So we have an online platform called Green Check, which provides them with 24-7 information on what they can do, how can they implement it, 
templates, fact sheets, advice and support. So there's a chat line with, a, with our assessment and technical teams so they can get advice whenever they need it. And we verify the criteria, the, the evidence that they provide to show they've implemented the criteria. So it's everything from in the people section, it's about uh, communications, about awareness, it's about inclusivity, it's about looking after the local community. Within the places sections about how you're integrating with the delegates and with the venue, how you're promoting local transport, how you're promoting local food and biodiversity. And then the planet one is, is how you're looking at reducing your energy use, your carbon, chemical use and reducing your waste and, and water wastage. So essentially, if somebody didn't make it, they just wouldn't make it at that point, but you'd keep working with them until they go through the areas they're not quite there yet. So the, the online platform Green Check is there to help businesses move through their green journey at the pace they want to. So as they come on board, they get access to that. They can go through the checklist. They can see what they're currently doing, see where the gaps are, then get advice. And we're finding some businesses who are really you know, have, have already prepared a lot, might go through the process in a number of weeks or a small number of months. Some people take a little bit longer. So what we don't want to do is have people start the journey, but then give up because it's too difficult to achieve. So we're giving them the practical advice and support on things that are not big capital expenditure at the beginning, sort of get them started, quick wins. And so, yes, we've not had to actually decline the standard to anybody, but it can take some businesses a few months rather than a few weeks to achieve it. Which seems like a very fair system. You're dealing with businesses of different sizes, different resources. Mm. So that's really good to hear that you've, you've got a very supportive system in place to help people through that pipeline with you. Yeah, and it's a very flexible approach as well. So we've got, you know, sort of very small venues that are very bespoke and, you know, just for a handful of people to attend right up to the likes of yeah. EICC and we've just started mm -hmm. working with the P&J and Aberdeen. So, you know, Brilliant. a wide range of size and types and location yeah. of events venues. Fantastic. And what does or what do you believe the global business events industry needs to do to ensure that it is sustainable as possible as we move forward? That's an interesting question. Um, I think the events industry is very reliant on obviously having really good sustainable venues. So influencing and promoting and, and encouraging the venues to do as much as they can to reduce their impact. But I think actually what it is also about is influencing and encouraging their customers, the conference organisers that make the choices about the menu or make the choices about the location and providing delegates with information on how to be a more sustainable visitor when they're in a destination. And so I think the events industry has been doing a lot of that for a long time. And so it's really well placed to understand that when they bring a large number of people to a destination, that there will be an impact. And through the Green Meeting Standard, we can provide them with support and advice on understanding how to reduce that impact and even potentially uh, gain additional business because most big companies now and government agencies are looking for that commitment. And an example of that is COP26 Glasgow used their sustainability and their Greener Glasgow commitment. And we've been working with the Conference Bureau there to help them green up the industry. And that helped them secure the, the COP26 event, yes. The perfect mix of people, places and planet. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what green tourism is all about. And no one part can work without the other. So it is the partnerships and the collaboration, which I think has come through in every single of the podcast episodes that we've done, which is good to hear, no matter which side of it you're on. Andrea, thank you so much for your time today. The work you're doing is incredible. 
To have the accreditations, as you say, makes it so much easier for event organisers to make decisions. It's the way we all need to go for our planet and the climate. So we all benefit at the end of the day. Thanks, Fiona. It was a real pleasure to talk to you. This brings our session to a close. We hope you've enjoyed it and will join us again next time when we'll be discussing gender. Thank you for attending today's session. See you soon.